Welcome to this bonus episode of the Bentonville Beacon podcast, where we're sharing thoughts, experiences, and wisdom from the attendees of the 2022 Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit, the premier technology summit in the American heartland. This year, the conference had 1,700 attendees from most U.S. states and some international visitors who moved between five concurrently active venues across downtown Bentonville. The summit included five programming tracks spanning mobility and supply chain, cybersecurity, health and wellness, entrepreneurship, and Web 3.0. And now, let's hear from a few attendees of the 2022 Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit. Hey, let me introduce you to John Wilcox, co-founder and CEO of Dietech Diabetes. John, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. And John, we've known each other a few years. How long has it been? Yeah, so we met first time in 2019. So just about over three years ago when we moved to Memphis, Tennessee as a company for the 0 to 510 Medical Device Accelerator. And so I know that you were a mentor and program advisor for that accelerator. So we met via the 100 days, almost every day, if not every other day in, a, in, in classrooms, in the accelerator, going over our company. It was awesome. So it's great to see you again here and still have our friendship for all this time. Yeah, you as well. It's a great program. Yeah, I, I was still in Memphis at the time and now for the last two years have been here. It'll be yep. officially two years here in uh, a few days. Yes. Um, so what's your story? I mean, tell us about John Wilcox. What should we know? Yeah, well, I am a co-founder and uh, the CEO of Diatech Diabetes, Inc. We're a medical device company based in Memphis, Tennessee. And, you know, I work with them pretty much because, one, of course, I'm very interested in medical device innovation and entrepreneurship, but I have a very intense passion for diabetes care. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in 2005, and that would be now about 17 years ago. And since then, I have obviously been very committed to trying to improve diabetes care, technology, innovation, and research. So when it comes to me and who I am, I'm somebody who, again, is very passionate about trying to improve that area of medical device technology. So I co-founded the company after graduating from Florida State University in 2018 with my other co-founders. And we have since been working on this venture for the last, gosh, almost a little bit over four years now, which has been awesome. But outside of my professional interests of working with a medical device startup, commercializing technology to improve insulin infusion for people with diabetes, I'm a runner. I'm actually running the New York City Marathon uh, here in like less than a month, which right. you might see me out on the streets of Bentonville while I'm visiting here because I have to do my mileage still to train for that. But yeah, that's basically it. I startup co-founder and I like to run. I'm not very good at any uh, many other things. So so running is a, is a great outlet to get stress out, control my blood glucose levels. And obviously, you know, like I said, do something I love. So all right, let's talk about your run for a moment. Okay. We can map you out a heck of a run. Uh, how long do you have to run? 26.2 miles is a marathon distance. So I'm trying to do approximately, you know, that in a three hour, 330 uh, minute pace, which it's like about an eight minute per mile pace. 
I ran a couple of marathons in the past. I did Boston last year, which was a lot of fun. And um, like I said, very excited to run um, this this marathon this year. And I'll be running actually with Beyond Type 1, which is a charity that improves diabetes care, advocacy, research. So again, it, it always seems to be tied back to diabetes. But again, I, yeah. I have diabetes. I'm passionate about it. So Awesome. How far connects. are you going to run while you're here? Oh, while I'm here. Well, let's see. Okay, so tonight I'm probably going to do... I don't know, probably six or so, probably that tomorrow too. I have a big run next this upcoming Saturday. So definitely going to be staying within the lower ranges per day. So I have a 22 mile run that I have to do on Saturday. So that's going to be, it's going to be hectic, but it's, it's all a part of it. So, well, you can just hop on the Razorback Greenway and I was, I was looking at trail routes and stuff around here. I, like I said, I've only been in Bentonville for two hours and I've been so impressed with, obviously, of course, the outdoor, you know, amenities like the the trails and and that you mentioned, but also, yeah, the city is just incredible. I I was amazing. The weather here is beautiful, but regardless of what the weather would be, you know, I've just been so impressed by the downtown area, the infrastructure, obviously, the company pre- presence here in town. Obviously, everyone knows, but for those who don't, you know, Walmart, JB Hunt, Tyson. It was mind blowing when I was in my Uber all the way over here, just thinking, I was like, what is going on? And again, not to be offensive to Bentonville, but it really is shocking. And it's a really cool shock to see that this little community in Northwest Arkansas has all these things to offer. It's, it's not offensive at all. People are, are often surprised. So the way you came in is, you know, probably came up, uh, regional and Walton and turned into town. A neat way to go back to the airport or sometimes I like to pe- bring people here by cutting across through Cave Springs and then coming up the interstate because then what they see is, they go, you have kind of a top golf? Oh, what yeah. in the world? And then they yeah. see, then they, then, they, then they start looking at the signs on buildings and they see Kellogg's, yeah. Coca-Cola, General Mills. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, uh, it's here. You know? Yeah, it's wild. And so, you know, depending on what street you come in then from there, you might drive past Hallmark or, or whatever, right? Uh, but it's 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 pretty crazy. Uh, in fact, there are we haven't talked about this, but you do have those three big companies within a few miles of each other. But then you have fourteen hundred vendors to Walmart in a two county area, and they all have decision making executives at them, which makes for an unbelievable uh, ecosystem from that perspective. But then you have the companies that serve these companies, uh, and a lot of them in the startup space that comes here, that come here to learn how to sell to these enterprises or, or just be near them to learn from them and then the businesses that support them. And it just feeds a whole, yeah. uh, feeds a whole ecosystem. Absolutely. Let's talk about then Dietech Diabetes. Why did y'all found the company? I think it seems pretty obvious. And uh, what are you up to? Yeah, absolutely. So Dietech Diabetes, Dietech is a early stage medical device startup that is focused in on improving insulin infusion for people with diabetes. So people with diabetes can wear a device such as an insulin pump, which is a medication device that allows for 24-7 delivery of insulin, which is, again, a life-saving medication that people with diabetes need to to live. And Mm -hmm. so at any point when a person with diabetes is using this type of device, an insulin pump, there can be issues with the insulin delivery this can manifest in things like blockages, leakages, kind of think, you know, problems with an IV that can also happen with insulin pump technology. And so this is a very popular form of diabetes therapy. 
and uh, is, if not one of the most prevalent ones in the industry. And so what we've been able to develop is technology that helps monitor insulin infusion for people with diabetes, for children with diabetes, um, for geriatric patients with diabetes, to know if their insulin infusions are accurate and to know whether or not they're experiencing issues when they're wearing the insulin pump. And so that technology is called Smart Fusion. Um, it exists as an app platform that can connect to insulin pumps, as well as a clinical dashboard for healthcare providers to be able to review data on insulin pump delivery. And so we are essentially wanting to bring improved safety, better data, better knowledge of insulin infusion to people with diabetes that use insulin pumps. And so we are currently funded by the NIH. We received an SBIR phase one grant last year, have funding from the state of Tennessee, and we now have two manufacturers that we've been able to sign on for development of our technology specific for their insulin pumps. So we're very excited about that because we will be proceeding with clinical studies with one of those manufacturers going into next year for an FDA submission. And, you know, again, our goal is just to be able to provide this technology for people to be able to safely use their devices and avoid any issues that come with that 24-7 insulin delivery so they can monitor and manage their blood glucose accurately. That's great. Are you at liberty to say yet who those manufacturers are or no? I can't at this time, but one of them uh, is within this region. So that's why I will say, which is really exciting. We have a domestic partner who is within the Southeast that we're very, very fortunate to be a partnered with here in the U.S. So Wonderful. Glad to hear that. Talk about your journey. I've, I've known you all for a little bit here, so I know you have had a, a couple of pivots or some, some twists and turns along the way. T- talk about yeah. things you've learned and uh, what your pivots were. Yeah. So pivots specifically, I mean, I think every you know medical device startup encounters a pivot at some point during their growth period. And um, ours was the actual development of the technology. We started off actually with a hardware device mm-hmm. that we uh, actually we, that we went through the accelerator through in 0 to 510 in Memphis. And that hardware device, we actually realized that the core benefit of the technology could not, you know, didn't have to come from hardware, but actually could just come from the software of that hardware. And that software could be integrated with existing hardware platforms in the in the diabetes technology space or the insulin pump space. And so that's when we really had our first and honestly, our really only pivot as a company so far, which was when we took Smart Fusion from a hardware device solely to a software mm-hmm. that then integrates with existing insulin pumps on the market for, again, that safety monitoring. And so other than that, you know, obviously, between the time that we've known each other, COVID has happened. And it's very cliche to talk about that. But I think it owes justice to mention that you know, we were very excited to receive grant funding and, uh, you know, we were on track to receive a very large grant following our completion of the accelerator. That fell through, but then that forced us to reapply to another type of grant that we won our first, first try, first application that was with the NIH, the SPR phase one. So, you know, had we not had that happen to us, we wouldn't, I think, have had this NIH funding opportunity that we have now. So things work out and, we're, we're still chugging and we're very excited about the progress we've made to date. So despite the pivots. Awesome. Well, getting NIH funding is nothing to sneeze at, is it? Oh, yeah, it was, just, it was an intense process, but it's really great. You know, I encourage anybody who is, you know, in the medical device space um, for startups to check out the SPIR program. Again, kind of maybe a cliche thing for startups to hear about that, but for you to be able to, you know, secure 
a relationship with a, a grantee office, also secure a relationship with a grant writing consultant. We used mm-hmm. Eva Garland Consulting. So shout out to them. They're based in Raleigh, North Carolina. If you're listening to this, you should definitely, and you're interested in applying to an SBR, you should definitely check out their services. They have a very successful win rate for their applicants and also very affordable options to help for early stage startups. So utilizing services like that and finding you know grants that match to what you are doing as a medical device software really increases your chances of winning those types of awards. So you have to be strategic, but if you're strategic, you know these awards that honestly do have very low acceptance rates. I think the one that we applied to had like a 12-person acceptance rate, but us being able to utilize those resources really helped out. So you can do it, whoever's listening. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, let's uh, pivot to the Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit. The reason yeah. we're here, why are you here and what do you expect to get out of it? Yeah, well, to be honest, the main reason why I am here is because we are going to be participating in tomorrow's pitch competition for the $10,000 prize. We are very fortunate to be selected to do the live pitching, which I think six finalists. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the total application pool was, but I think there were 18 semi-finalists. So we're really fortunate to have been able to make it to the final round. And so participating in that obviously is, is, is one of the main reasons. But of course, um, you know, the, the Northwest Arkansas Tech Summit is a, is a very interesting opportunity for uh, startups in the Southeast and Mid-South to check out. And so for us, you know, we were, you know, able to Come just even today and see some great speakers, connect with some investors. There's a investor cocktail hour tonight. So as a startup, of course, that's always something of interest to us to look at uh, potential funding opportunities within this region. So between the pitch competition, connecting with the local region for investment opportunities and hearing about other great technology in this region, yeah, it makes it all worth to come to Bentonville. Awesome. Fantastic. So I think we'll wrap up there because... This is, I, I'm going to invite you back tomorrow. Yes, When we're absolutely. still shooting some of these episodes, or sorry, this, this mashup episode. And uh, the goal here is with two hours in on the ground, we'll call this your first impressions take, and yeah. we'll get the second impressions take and see what happens between uh, now and then. That sounds great. Yeah, let's do it. So Great. So John, thanks for uh, coming on and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. Well, hey, let me introduce you to Joe Lynn Clemens, CEO and founder of RiskKarma.io. Joe Lynn, welcome to the show. Hi, James. Thank you for the invitation. You bet. Hey, Joe Lynn, will you tell us about yourself? What would you like our audience to know? Well, actually, I'm a, a mother and married with three children, as well as three exchange kids. My background is in risk management, insurance, and litigation, and I'm here from the Arizona area, Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm, I'm actually passionate about creating a society that has transparency, accountability, safety, and equality. Wonderful. So that passion then has led you to riskkarma.io. Will you tell us about your company and what led you to found it and what you're up to? Sure. So in the course of my career, I actually manage litigation for large insurance departments. And I noticed a couple of changes. And I think some of them we all have recognized. One is the fact that 
in managing those settlements uh, verdicts, the actual values on settlements increased from 2019 at 1.6 million to an average of 20 million now. And with some recent verdicts, there's a $900 million trucking verdict in Florida, $460 million verdict in California. They're saying that one billion is the new million. That's one element. The other factor is in the course of my career, I also conducted audits for Lloyd's of London. And in going around the country and having to use Ubers and Lyft, which I love, but I didn't realize that element of safety involved in that. So some of the brokers had to tell me, don't take an Uber because there's been a shooting in the area. Mm. Don't take an Uber because it's not safe. And they actually, my clients had to pick me up and bring me to the audit. So I thought, you know, we have this environment in the workplace that it's beneficial on one end because it gives people the opportunity to supplement income, which I think is a great thing, um, so that it adds that extra cushion. You know, if your job doesn't, you know, maybe pay a certain amount or there's a gap in your employment to fill. So that's a beneficial thing, but there's a safety element to that as well. So I looked at the situations and I said, what's the missing piece in this? And I said, the missing part is a win-win or partnership between the employer and the employee Mm -hmm. uh, so that there was a benefit and a vested interest by the worker as well to maintain compliance, which in effect reduces financial costs for the company, protects against reputation damage, and can improve that workplace culture. Wow. Sounds like something in this day and age that everybody needs. Yes. So you're here by way of the Fuel Artificial Intelligence Accelerator, which brings uh, 10 international companies to Bentonville every year in the artificial intelligence space to find out how they can advance their company and really to learn how to sell to uh, enterprise. Could you tell us about that experience? Yes, it has been phenomenal starting from the mentors that are there, so open, any hour of the day, uh, if you need help within the actual program. I like the structure as well. We're actually learning, like you indicated, how to sell to enterprise and certain things that are unique to that so that we're positioned in a good place for success, as well, uh, the introductions that were made during, we have what's called mentor hours in the afternoons, where they bring in executives from Walmart, Tyson, J.B. Hunt, and others. And they give us firsthand advice on our application, as well as what steps to take to continue our to succeed with our launch and growth. Uh, so that has been highly beneficial. Another thing that was helpful as well was we were struggling with our messaging because our Our solution is a platform with three modules. So Mm -hmm. um, it serves as a seatbelt for your business and it helps companies to predict, prevent, and protect against crime, claims, and noncompliance while at the same time improving workplace culture. So that's, that's a lot. I, I, I actually was able to get that messaging through this cohort. So that was beneficial as well. Awesome. Yeah. So it's 
how how often have you had the opportunity before this cohort to connect with folks at places like Walmart and JB Hunt and Tyson, our big three, and perhaps even outside those with the vendor community? Yes, on a daily basis. So a, a full funnel of connections with key executives based on what our needs are, whether they are in marketing, whether they are in ability to scale and or finding out who, what that position is, who's that ideal customer profile within that enterprise, mm-hmm. which can have a different title. That's something that sure. the head of fuel, Tom Douglas, and of course, Matthew Ward, phenomenal uh, as well. They actually taught us that, which was a big eye opener for us um, because some of us came in, myself included, thinking that we were pitching to the correct executive and they helped us reposition which really has made a difference because now we're impacting that internal executive that is actually feeling that pain point that we saw. So, Sure. Yeah. I've sold to large enterprises and getting to the right executive is also important. And then perhaps even coaching them up to sell up line to the ones that you probably will never get to. Exactly. Um, And so, uh, so those are the ones you got to meet. Well, here? Have you had many opportunities before you got here to meet with executives from companies like these? Not at the same level. Yeah. I, I, we were, I was very fortunate to be one of 12 international female founders selected for Women's Startup Lab in Wonderful. Silicon Valley. So that was an, a very unique experience. I was mentored by the founders of LinkedIn, PayPal, what have you, um, which was great. But what I'm finding here, that was you know, in the early days of my MVP, and and this is launch stage. So this is where it's pedal to the metal. Mm-hmm. This is where you're going to really accelerate your growth. So that that's the big difference. Excellent. So you talked about some of your accomplishments while you're here. Are there any others you'd like to talk about? I want to say that just wonderful big companies in our funnel potentially a partnership with KPMG. So Very working nice. on that, they were excited. And they said, uh, looking forward to meeting the team and that other companies have attempted to do what we've, what we've done. Excited about that as well. Just in the course of the day, as I walk around and whether it's meetings or whether it's going to the grocery store, people are so friendly here. Um, I have to tell you a story. Sure. Um, as I go about my day and I, ta- I might be talking to one of my colleagues or one of the parties in the cohort, a phenomenal cohort that we have, and people will interject. They're so friendly. And that will lead to another meeting outside because here in Bentonville, you never know who you're meeting. People are so down to earth and someone may hear you in a conversation and offer assistance. And the next thing you know, you're meeting at another coffee house with a key executive at another company. You bet. That's uh, something I like to call a hashtag because Bentonville moment or story. And I might even come back and ask you about another one of those. So so before that, though, let's talk more about Bentonville. It sounds like you've had a pretty great experience here. What did you expect coming to Bentonville and what really happened and how's how's it gone for you? Well, I anticipated that it would be a very, very small town feel, which Granted, it does have that, but it's, 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 it's hiding this huge 
community, yes. you know, which is great. And I think that lends itself to the uh, ability to have those partnerships because people are approachable. So it maintains what's valuable and, and important for families and for companies that wish to grow. And you have that diversity of thought here as well mm -hmm. from all over the country because these companies attract talent from everywhere. So it really is a mecca and a thought tank, a think tank, so to speak, because of that. Yeah, you bet. It feels like I've been here a couple of years now, and you're right. It has a small town feel, but hidden, and you don't have to dig very deep at all, no. is these are these amazing connections and this incredible community that's here to really help everybody, and then really a, a place with global connections. Exactly. And, and clothing the world, so to speak. True. So as we wrap this up, can you tell me a hashtag because Bentonville story? You, you told me a little bit of one before, but tell me something that, you know, a story or a moment that you've experienced here where that has really spoke to the uniqueness of Bentonville. It can only happen here or it's just the essence of this place. Right. And I, I'll do many two stories on that. Okay. So one is while uh, going through, walking through Crystal Bridges Museum, which is phenomenal. I spoke to the security guards and asked one in particular about what his favorite painting was. Mm -hmm. And he showed me a painting. He indicated that the interest is shared by Alice Walton. And, and then he went on to say that Alice comes to the museum unassuming uh, mm -hmm. happens to wear signature glasses and actually approaches the people that are visiting to say hello and that she could be there on any given day. That speaks volumes and continues that uh, legacy that was built by Sam Walton. That's one. The other is I actually have a dear friend that I met at the Walton Museum, a gentleman who's retired, who took, oh gosh, 20 minutes of his time hmm. to welcome both my colleague, uh, Sarah Copeland, who's head of our customer success, and I, and give us the story. Um, because he'd been there from the beginning, had worked directly with Sam Walton, and really gave us the inside story about everything. And that further endeared me to the town and speaks volumes. And I have to say that you, James, are a part of that because you have welcomed Thank us, you. our entire cohort. We all uh, count you as a friend and you have helped us immensely as well. So that's a third story. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I, I count you all as friends too and can't wait to see, you know, which of y'all decide to have some sort of presence going forward here and, and who just comes back to visit, but you're welcome back anytime. Thank uh, you. Thank you for your time, Jolynn. This has been fantastic. Thank you. All right. Well, let me introduce you to one of my many co-conspirators here in uh, Bentonville, Tom Douglas. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, James. Great to be here. Hey, Tom, uh, what should our audience know about you? <laughs> well, about me? Um, well, I, I've been uh, working for Fortune 500 companies nearly all my career until I decided that maybe I should try it on my own and start Catapult Consulting about three and a half years ago. Very cool. 
Well, let's start with Catapult Consulting. Sounds like there's a couple of companies actually to ask you about or organizations. Oh, yeah, yes. So why did you found Catapult Consulting and what are you up to? Well, uh, during my uh, tenure at Walmart, I became director of emerging technology and got to work with a lot of great smaller businesses and, and help them navigate the enterprise world. As I got towards the end of that role, I said, you know what, I'd really like to do this on my own because it's great to work with that kind of energy and and help those companies become bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, kind of with a what's next after next mentality, we started Catapult Consulting, which is intended to launch those mid-sized companies to enterprise level. Excellent. So you just you just slipped in our, our tagline for the tech summit from last year. Well, what's know, next after next? Great job. Well, and that's because so, I was the director of this event for a little while. Yes. So that, that is the tagline. Well, that's perfect. And so uh, we can pick up what's next after next and advance to this year, which is, I believe, fast forward. How are you helping companies fast forward through the Fuel Artificial Intelligence Accelerator? Tell us about Fuel. Yeah, so Fuel's an outstanding program. It's actually an incubator that's been going on for four years now. Uh, Started with supply chain, and then we went to artificial intelligence and machine learning. We take companies from all over the world. Roughly 30% of each cohort is international. We bring them to Bentonville, Arkansas, and we teach them how to navigate the enterprise world and how to actually become uh, partners and get POCs, proof of concepts, Mm -hmm. with enterprise partners here in Bentonville, Arkansas and the Northwest Arkansas region. It's been very successful. We've had at least one unicorn and we've had probably 40% of each cohort ends up moving an office to the local area which is fantastic because that just helps the small business community in ways that we can't even uh, imagine at this point. Well, as you know, as an economic developer, that just warms my soul. <laughs> and of course, is one of the areas where we're co-conspirators. Of course it is. Yes. That's what we do. So why is Bentonville the right place for the Fuel Artificial Intelligence Accelerator? Well, if you think about Bentonville, Arkansas, and Northwest Arkansas as a whole, it's what I call a target-rich environment, mm-hmm. right? We have Fortune 1, we have Fortune 500, we have roughly 1,400 decision-making offices in the Northwest Arkansas area that are here to support the supply chain companies, the protein companies, and the retail company. If you look at it that way, I can go into any office, I can go into any restaurant and have a conversation with somebody that ultimately could help my business from a small business, growing business perspective, because they are all interested in artificial intelligence, data science, and the ability to take a look at that data and use it to make decisions that are meaningful and make them quickly. Cool. All right. So why is Bentonville the right place or why is Northwest Arkansas the right place for Tom Douglas? And also tell us how long you've been here. So uh, we moved here in 2000 from upstate New York, and it was the first time my kids ever said it was hot on July 4th and, and went <laughs> inside. But it's absolutely the right place. Back in 2000, my kids were three and one. We raised our family here. Great school system that uh, got them to the point where they went to two outstanding universities and, and have become you know, really uh, productive in, in their roles. Family-oriented area has a great outdoor activity uh, culture, as well as just you know, a great food culture for those of us that are foodies. I know you and I kind of mm. travel in those circles yes. as well. <laughs> um, uh, the biking situation is amazing. And, and, and the, the overall area, I mean, we, we walk our dog four miles on a different path every day. 
So we get to be outside. We get to do things that are really exciting. And it's just a, a wonderful. And the culture here in terms of uh, friendliness, acceptance and everything else is, is I would say, unique uh, across the country. Yeah. How, how has this place changed in the 22 years that you've been here? <laughs> so, Not trying to aid you with your time. Oh yeah, thanks. Here, but, uh, you can't tell from the gray hair. I've been here for a while. But the reality of it is when we moved here, much of what you see today was not here. Sure. The museum wasn't here. Many of the theaters weren't here. The square in Bentonville was not exactly what you see here. I mean, geographically speaking, it's sure. the same. But business-wise, amenities-wise, was nowhere near what it is. And over the last 22 years, we've seen things grow from a, 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 a small town that uh, was trying to find its identity to something that is just amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody comes here and frankly, most people don't want to leave because of what they see, what's available, how easy access it is to get to many of these amenities um, and how much fun it is as, as a general rule. Everybody's just getting along and having a good time. So it's, it's a great, it's a great thing to see all the building and all the build up. Uh, the ledger that's going up right now is just an amazing building. Uh, you know, I, th I believe it's the only bikeable building in the entire country right now. And if you walk that, it's just, you, you, you appreciate the engineering as an ex-engineer, the engineering that goes into building something like that and making it workable. So it's just amazing what we're doing here. Absolutely. I'm not usually in the business of correcting my guess, but that, <laughs> that is the first Michael Bill building in the world. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. And, um, you know, I had Kayleen Grif Griffith on the Bentonville Beacon podcast in one of the early shows, and uh, she gave me a pretty astounding number on her estimate of the number of people who move here after visiting here. But I do hear this story over and over again yeah. about people visiting and then not wanting oh, to yeah. leave. Absolutely. And that's one of the advantages of fuel. We bring these people in, we show them what everything is. And like I said, we get, you know, 30 to 40% of the cohort opens an office. And generally speaking, the ones that were here are the ones that stay. Yeah, you bet. So let's wrap this up with a story. Tell me a story. And this would be a, call it a hashtag because Bentonville's story, something that's unique to hear or can only happen to hear, or it sort of tells the essence of Bentonville. You know, the, the essence of Bentonville is the culture. It's, it's a wonderful culture. And when my wife and I first got recruited to come to Bentonville, um, we were invited to what was then the Saturday morning meeting at Walmart. Um, we had concerns about moving here. I mean, we were both from New York. Um, it was going to be a completely different lifestyle, and we understood that. But one of the great leaders of Walmart, Don Soderquist, uh, was introduced to us. And his first question was, well, why haven't you moved here already? And I said, well, we have some concerns. And he literally sat both of us down. And this is, at the time, he was, uh, I believe, COO uh, of the company. And he sat us down and he said, uh, well, what are your concerns? And we went through them. And he says, well, we can do this, we can do that, we can do this. And if that doesn't get handled, call me. And my wife looked at me and, and, and was like, is everybody this friendly and this, this forthcoming and this transparent? And I said, well, yeah. She goes, okay, we're coming. And that's how it worked out. And we have found that to be true in the 22 years we've been here, is that everybody is transparent, very forthcoming, and really just super friendly and helpful in whatever opportunities, problems, or successes you have. There's, they want to be there and be part of it. And that's why we stay. Wonderful. I think that's a great way to wrap up the show, Tom. Thank you for sharing your time with our audience. Absolutely. Enjoyable. Thanks again, James. Take care of yourself. Let me introduce you to Megan Werner. 
CEO and co-founder of Atraversiamo Technologies. Yes. Yes. Thank you for uh, having me-, me. Yeah, you bet you. Hey, Megan, tell us about you. What would you like the Bentonville Beacon audience to know? Oh, goodness. That's a big question. I am a psychotherapist and uh, now CEO of, of a tech company. So, you know, I've spent the better part of my life and even childhood always, you know, kind of minding and helping other people with problems. Uh, and I've always been attentive to them, even as a child. Uh, my sister likes to joke that I was the rock or the glue of the family. I don't know if that's true, but it came out naturally. And, you know, I went to college, found psychology, fell in love with positive psychology and, and strengths mm-hmm. psych and really just the focus on, you know, the well-being of a human. And, and that, you know, 15 years later has led me here. <laughs> Still concerned about the well-being of humans, but using tech to uh, accomplish some new goals. Well, here we are. And so <laughs> a psychotherapist turned tech CEO, yes. totally a normal pathway. <laughs> totally normal. Totally saw this coming too. <laughs> sure. Well, so let's talk about, as, as do all great entrepreneurs. So right. let's talk about it. Let's talk about Atraversiamo Technologies. Yeah. How do you, you know, What's the company all about and why are you part of the company? Yeah, so um, the company is all about creating humanitarian-focused tech that's in fully encrypted and secure. And again, just providing a shortcut you know, to servicing systems that are kind of broken mm-hmm. um, or really broken. You know? And so one of the things that we're doing, again, by applying the psychology of it you know, and, and recognizing and attending to people's needs... Um, we can use tech to fast track that and give them in like we what we've seen with the pandemic, right? There's a sure. lot of health tech out there that's really exploded and is going to continue to grow, you know, over the next 10, 20 years and, and probably more than that. And so we really just jumped on that and said, hey, how can we attend to some systems that are broken and use tech to, to help fix them and pre- provide real practical solutions? Yeah. Well, tell me about that. Who are you serving? So right now we are serving those who served. So we are really focusing on veterans and current military servicemen and women, which is just over 20 million people. So it's a really big market. And there's an area in particular that hasn't had a solution at all. Mm. Um, And that's the area of veteran suicide. So one of the statistics that we came across that really was just a gut punch to us and to a lot of other people was really looking at at the numbers. Um, And I'm a numbers person. I love research. Mm -hmm. So numbers always get me. And one of the things we looked at, you know, was over the past 20 years, we've lost over 7,000 men and women to war operations. And and we all know what's going on there. And that's a big problem, obviously. But there's an even greater problem here at home where we've lost over 120,000 due to veteran suicide. Um, So, you know, 7,000 lost overseas. But in that same time period, they come home and they're fighting a much larger war and one that's very silent and doesn't have mm-hmm. any real solutions. So right now, that's what we're attending to. Well, that silent war is devastating. And we've talked about this as a veteran of two services. Uh, I am very grateful for what you are doing. So how's it going? What's the Where's the company going? So right now, we are um, getting ready to launch. So we are actually here for the pitch competition and hoping to to really get our MVP on the market. There are a couple of people I have in mind, you know, that are coming home from their last deployment in June and and they really want our app. They really want to be able to use it by then. So we're hoping to get this on the market within the next couple of months and get it out to as many veterans and existing resources as well. That's another important thing because a lot of people who have come home and, and are veterans or family 
you know, of veterans, they've started wonderful organizations um, called veteran service organizations or VSOs. And we've recognized that there's an abundance of these resources all around the nation, but nothing connecting them all. Sure. So that's what we're doing. So we're connecting veterans on a, on a one-to-one in a very secure encrypted place. Um, but we're also connecting those existing resources so that when people come home or when they transition or for the people who are already here and have been looking for services, you know, they can go to one place and have everything that they need. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned the pitch competition. Yes. We're here at the Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit. Yes. I'll add the premier technology conference in the heartland uh, with over 1,700 attendees. But talk about your experience here at the Tech Summit on day one, what that's been like, what you hope to get out of the summit. Well, I can tell you it's already been very exciting. I love talking to people and learning about what they do. And I've already had an abundance of, of ideas, you know, kind of popcorning up in my head of like, okay, I can talk to this person. They can help us with this or we could help them with that. So it's, it's a great hub for um, that connection and, and resourcing and, and really growing our economy in the way that, you know, I mean, technology, my goodness, over the past 20 years, it's, it's you know, leading the forefront. Well, yeah, growth. <laughs> absolutely. So. Well, as we like to say around here, every every person is a technologist today, and every company is a technology company, and it's just it's absolutely true. Yeah. So this conference is held in Bentonville every year. So let's talk about Bentonville for a moment. What have your experiences uh, been like here? You live just down the road in Fayetteville, but I'm going to ask you about. Uh, Asked you about Bentonville. Yeah, yeah. No, I love... So I have been living in Fayetteville for a long time, but I love doing business up here. So Fayetteville has a, a great little cultural vibe going on down there, and it's great for community and stuff like that. But but up here, I love the, the business aspect of it, you know, and that it's really just an incubator for growth in so many ways. And so every time I come up here to, to come to conferences like this, or even just business meetings, talking to people, I learn so much. And I feel like our business alone, you know, is kind of gets put on a fast track up here. Uh, so again, just through the networking, the people, um, the diversity, uh, it's all created just a, a bustling environment for, for companies. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on. This has been fantastic. Thank you for having me, James. I appreciate it. Wasn't that great? Hey, whether you attended this year or realize you need to attend next year, Save these dates. The 2023 Northwest Arkansas Technology Summit will take place October 15th through 17th. And while I can't share all the details yet, here's a little teaser. I got to peek into the early planning discussions and learn one of the leading tracks may be automation and AI. To learn more about this year's Tech Summit, and it's a space to watch for 2023 as well, check out nwatechsummit.com. Also, check out the episodes of the Bentonville Beacon podcast at bentonvilleeconomicdevelopment.com or your favorite podcast player, where, of course, you'll also hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. You'll find weekly Bentonville Beacon episodes are released each Monday, while bonus episodes, including this series, typically drop each Friday. Keep coming back to this podcast to learn more about Bentonville's leaders and their businesses and more about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. See you next time.